Welcome to Movie Butts. Uh, this is our podcast where we basically do a bunch of math to determine the best and the worst of a certain topic, whether it be a filmmaker, studio, series, whatever. And, you know, we figure out what the best and the worst is and then uh, we uh, watch them and then talk about it here. Uh, when's the last time you thought about the crazy frog, Dane? Uh, honestly, I, I have been thinking about him a bit lately. Yeah, me too. I've me been too. thinking he's due for a comeback, and I'm surprised he hasn't. I I went really deep down a rabbit hole with figuring out where the fuck the crazy frog came from. Mm. It's 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 really weird. You know you know that the you know the single Axel F is a four times platinum song in this fucking country. Yeah, yeah. I'm but not why? Surprised. That's really upsetting. That, that I remember. Shit. I remember when that shit was out. Um. And it and it and it was and it was really annoying because it was everywhere and it just stayed popular for so long. I just remember away. the ads were just on TV all the time. Like yeah. just you couldn't escape the fucking commercials. Anyway, just welcome to, to the Crazy that... Frog podcast. Yeah, well... every week we talk about what's he up to. That Crazy uh, Frog. Nothing. Uh, he released three albums. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> There's That's three epic. albums. That's worth sick. Of it. <laughs> Three hours. Anyway, anyway, uh, this. Th- what did we watch this week, Dan? What did we watch? We watched Ghostbusters, um, and we watched Nothing But Trouble. So the two movies we watched, the connections are they were the written works of Dan Aykroyd. Yes. Um, best clearly, Ghostbusters is the best. Also, before we get too deep into this, can I just say fuck Metacritic? Right. Just fuck Metacritic right in the ass because The Blues Brothers, one of my favorite films, mm. has 60%. 60% out of 100 on Metacritic. Well, it's a fairly modern site. I mean, the fact that it's a website uh, and that, that, you know, I think a lot of people these days would find Blues Brothers kind of boring. No, no, no. Like, the user rating's good. It's the critic rating on here that's fucked. Really? So the, the the thing is, the Met- Metacritic is a critic aggregator, not a user aggregator. So mm. yeah, it's got it's got mainly mixed reviews, mainly mixed. Yeah, which I I don't understand because I, I I got excited. I I pers- this is just personal preference. I prefer the Blues Brothers to the Ghostbusters. That's just me. Yeah. Um. So when I saw this, and 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 this is the, this thing brought Blues Brothers way down, like. Yeah, not cool. But anyway, we watched Ghostbusters, which, you know, I think everyone can like and enjoy. Um, And then that other thing that's really fucked, nothing but trouble. Jesus Christ. Anyway, we'll we'll get on to that. (laughs) We'll talk about that when when we get to it. Um, For all those people out there that haven't seen Ghostbusters, do you think you could give a a plot description of uh, what Ghostbusters is? Okay, so Ghostbusters follows three scientists. Uh, two of them are super into the paranormal and, and finding a way to scientifically prove that the paranormal exists. Uh, and then you have Bill Murray's character who's just sort of their mate and doesn't really give a shit. I think he uses it to make money. 
Yeah. He, and cause to get chicks. Yeah, because he's like a real sleaze con type guy. Um, and uh, they hear about some paranormal activity taking place at the library. And they go check it out and they see a real ghost. And they're like, holy shit, we got a real fucking ghost. Um, then they get fired from their jobs. I think it's because they're like, yeah, your department about, uh, ghosts and shit that there's no place for that here. You're fired. And so they go into business for themselves as the ghostbusters, uh, where they're sort of like exterminators. Yeah. They're, they're basically ghost exterminators or they catch them and, and, and house them in these, uh, units. Um, and then it turns out all this paranormal activity, uh, is, 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 is getting worse. And it has something to do with, um, the end of the world. That's and, a, that's a pretty fair, uh, explanation about Ghostbusters. Um, can, do you think you can, do you know why this is the, uh, the most popular and most successful of the, of all the Dan Aykroyd films? I think it's a number of things. Um, when, when, when this came out, it must have blown people's minds. Like there were, there were like uh, effects around in the eighties that were just starting to, you know, experiment a lot with that technology. Um, but to go into a film where you have all these um, kooky, impressive effects happening, you can imagine a lot of people going like, "How did they do that?" Even though mm. it kind of looks a little shitty. I mean, uh, um, aesthetically, it still looks quite nice. Most I of it. I don't think it looked shitty in the eighties, though. It probably looked awesome. No, it would have looked. Yeah, it would have looked awesome. And then you also had the, the comedy aspect and the horror aspect um, because it's it's kind of a... It, it's like a horror movie just starring comedians. Mm, mm. Yeah, I, I I really like Ghostbusters. I have, When did you watch it before this? Uh, a few years ago, I think. Yeah, I haven't... I hadn't seen it in forever. Okay. Like... Um, and that there were a lot of things I think that I kind of like patched over in my brain. Like I, I totally forgot that you're just thrown into meeting these characters. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that, that it's not re- there's no real like origin story or anything like that. No. It's just, you're just bang with them, you know, Yeah. <laughs> which, which I found kind of bizarre just because of how films are really, a lot of them are like quite pandery you know, today yeah. and stuff with explaining characters. It's like, it gives you, it, it trusts that you can figure out who these characters are. And especially uh, with quickly. something like this, where it's not a common plot. Mm. Uh, these are scientists who are trying to prove the existence of paranormal activity. Um, and you're meant to just know that by, mm. you know, by the context of the things they're saying. And it works beautifully it's it's fine you don't need um dan Aykroyd to you know you don't need bill murray walking into dan Aykroyd's office and then he's like what's going on dan Aykroyd?" and he's like well you know since i was a kid i've been interested in ghosts uh and i really want to prove that they're right but i want to do it through scientific means because i'm also a scientist and blah 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 yeah none of this really lazy stuff it all seems again it it, it's it 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 like understands that we're smart, you know, or the audience is smart enough to to grasp these basic things. Which yeah, is- it's it's really well written. All the exposition is just so 
carefully woven into the narrative so that it's barely distinguishable. It's just part of the dialogue. It's just how these people talk to each other and you're learning about them as it goes on. And, and you know what's happening the whole time, which is pretty incredible. Did you know that for a while, for quite a long time, this was the most successful comedy of all time? Yeah, yeah. And that's not surprising. No, it's not surprising at all. Again, like you said, it's got the it's got the cocktail of ingredients that could really, you know, grab the attention of people. I could imagine going to school and someone being like, oh my God, have you seen Ghostbusters? There was like ghosts in it. Like, yeah. I know that sounds stupid now, but yeah. like there were actual ghosts in it. Yeah, know? it's ghosts and they have a lot of weird effects. I don't even know how they did that. Oh, Bill Murray's in it, Dan Aykroyd's in it. It's really funny. It's really uh, aesthetically pleasing too. Like... The fire station, the costumes, the, you know, all that shit, mm. that, that stuff, uh, stands out still because it's, it's really creative and it's fun to watch them running around as the Ghostbusters. I don't want to, I don't want to repeat myself, uh, compared to what, when we talked about Die Hard, but this is also a movie and I don't know if it's just an 80s thing, but the entire supporting cast were perfect like and oh except for except for one but we'll get to that um they all seem to fit their characters and they all seem to fit in the story um pretty well um you know i think i think uh, the added benefit is that a lot of them were you know established or good character actors like rick moranis and stuff Mm. it all seemed to work within the world what what did you think of winston yeah he's all right i mean he's sort of I think represents, um, ah, shit. I don't know. I don't want to get political, but I, I think that he, he was a sort of like working class representative in the group because Mm. the film gets a, gets a little political itself, but, but not that much. I mean, like that's about a struggling small business. Yeah. You know what I mean? One of the one of the things I rewrote in in my brain was I thought he turns up for a job interview way earlier in the film, mm. like in my brain in the way that I had it, he was pretty much there from the beginning. Yeah, you know, and I always remember being like, "Why isn't he on the cover?" You know, and then well, it's because he only turns up two thirds through the fucking film. But yeah, I don't know. Like I feel I felt like he came into it a bit late um, to really understand why he was there. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like me. he says, his first line is, if there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe anything you say. Yeah. And I, I think, I think having like having him in there a bit earlier, um, could have maybe even given them the opportunity to explain things in a way, you know what I mean? Like you have the outsider coming in and then yeah. you have it from that perspective. Um, I have no objection with him, him showing up earlier because, um, yeah, it's nice. He's he's in there. That, that dude's funny. Yeah, he's funny. He's a great he's a great part of it, and you know he's a bigger part of the second one clearly. Yeah. Um, because he's in the whole fucking movie. But um, the the only character that really irritated me, and and I think it's I think it's for the exact same reason that that dickhead and diehard pissed me off. Are you gonna you know, say the the, the, EPA? the EPA guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what was his go? Like, yeah, just he, I was thinking about him, like the diehard guy that you had a problem with when I was watching Ghostbusters, because that diehard <laughs> guy rocked up and just ignored everyone, told them to do all the wrong things, and just tried to stamp his authority over a situation he knew nothing about. 
and seem to exist just to contradict all the people that we like and, 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 and just to be dumb. The whole third act of this film really hinges on the fact that this character exists. Hmm. You know, the whole ending, like... Yeah, just... he, he lets the ghosts out. Yeah, so, like, without him... Actually, you know what? The whole Zool thing, that was still happening without the ghosts. Yeah. So, why did they need to release... I, the, the only reason I can think now that they needed to release all the ghosts was to have that little montage scene where all the, like, you know, like the spooky t- cab driver and, you know, like all those little stupid gags. I love that shit. Oh, no, I love it too. Don't get me wrong. Um, um, I think that I think they needed the ghosts to escape because it, after they do escape, then that's when, like, shit really kicks off uh like rick moranis runs around he's like it's the sign it's the sign Mm. and uh i think it has something to do with um the the ritual because it's like this zool ritual as in the prophecy sort of thing yeah yeah no fair um did you uh, did you notice that the the guy the epa guy was the 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 reporter in die hard (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, same same actor that played the dickhead reporter. I was just like, wait, is that the same guy who played the the dickhead in Die Hard? I'm like, oh, no, 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 it was the the reporter. But could you imagine if it was the same actor who played the police lieutenant? Yeah. And his his whole career is just playing dickheads that fuck shit up in 80s movies? Yeah, but he has an incredible filmography. Of just, uh, be, of just playing that one guy. He was like, I was in Die Hard. I was in Ghostbusters. I played the worst <laughs> guy that exists. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, so, who's your who's your favorite of the of the, of the the Ghostbusters? Well, I mean, you know, it's got to be Bill Murray, I think. Because he's the... He's kind of the comic relief. Although they all are a bit funny. Mm. Uh, you just can't beat, you know, the charm of Bill Murray... And it's like, this is him literally playing himself most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Every movie, it's just Bill Murray shows up and delivers lines in a sardonic, witty, dry I'm, way. I'm just trying to think of a movie that Bill Murray's in where he doesn't play a version of himself. Yeah. I like, don't are think... there any serious dramas with Bill Murray in it? Yeah. Heaps. Like, no, no, but like serious dramas. You know, yeah, uh, there maybe would lost, be. In, lost in translation, but even then he's still, he's playing an actor, you know, like, yeah. so he's still kind of a bit like a Bill Murray, you know yeah. what I mean? He still delivers shit that like Bill Murray doesn't have a lot of range, you know, he just delivers lines in the way he can deliver lines and you know, it's good because he, he's a pretty unique guy. He's pretty funny. You, you just got to know what movies to cast him in, I yeah, guess. Yeah, he's I just dry wanna... and witty. Like, you don't want to cast him as the fucking Green Goblin in Spider-Man or some shit. Yeah, but, but, but there's there's a part of me that wants to see that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. There's a part of me that wants to see him do everything. Just because it would, it would make me see films if it was like... If Bill Murray's in a film, I'll see it, you know? Someone's like, oh, Bill Murray's in that. I'll be like, oh, fuck yeah. yeah Let's cool. watch Space Jam, you know? Oh, you know what I was thinking today, watching uh, Bill Murray? What? That a lot of people rate his Zombieland cameo as the best cameo ever. And I don't even think it's the best Bill Murray cameo. What's the best? The best? best Bill Murray cameo, Space Jam. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I quite like 
I quite like him in um in in Space Jam. That movie's really fucking short. Yeah, it's like, it's like seventy uh, minutes or something. Something something really stupid like that. Um, yeah, I I think I think so. It's like ten years before he did the Zombieland one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it's um. I I think, um, what do you, so? Are you a big fan of the writing in this film? Because we're talking about the writer here. Mm. Uh, yeah, I am. Um, I think that this is a really good example of how to write a script. Sure. Should study the script for Ghostbusters because, I mean, the characters aren't like some fucking phantom thread like shit. Yeah. Um, and this the story is quite simple, but I mean, it just is done perfectly this is how you do it this is how you write exposition this is how fucking characters interact with each other and and how you build characters how you write stakes um none of it's yeah none of it's like magnificent but it's done you know it's done as well as it needs to be Mm. it's al al dente So from so from looking at so I had to look at all of the different movies that uh, Dan Aykroyd wrote to kind of figure out what was the best and the worst and I actually noticed a very big trend um, and it actually made me feel kind of insecure about my own writing and my own self mm-hmm. um, comparing myself to Dan Aykroyd I know that sounds strange <laughs> but let me get to it yeah. um, so all of his movies. Um, he actually, if you look at it, he's co-written with someone else Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's, or even the director has, it's strange. It's like written by Dan Aykroyd and then John Landis for Blues Brothers, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Ghostbusters is co-written by Harold Ramis who plays Egon, Mm -hmm. who's also a director. He did fucking Groundhog Day. Spies Like Us is co-written by John Landis. Like it's all, he, he works with other filmmakers mm-hmm. and from reading about what uh ghostbusters originally was meant to be i don't know if you if you read into this but it was meant to be like uh him and john belushi traveling through space and time catching ghosts yep and and then when they attached a director they they rewrote it to make it all set in new york mm-hmm. um the so like i'm i'm really insecure at listening to all this because it's like when I write, I need someone to fucking make, make sure that it doesn't suck. (laughs) And I think, I think that's what he kind of suffers from. He probably has all these beautiful ideas and that are too big or too weird or just not good. And then, yeah, it takes someone else. It's always taken someone else to kind of figure out what the fuck He's going for. And then, you know, we, we get to a certain time in his career where no one else is doing that for him. And what he turns out is like absolute, I don't know, what's a good word for it? Vomit? Would you call it vomit? Yeah, I would. I think that, uh, yeah, well, you know, we're getting into nothing but trouble now. But yeah, yeah. All, that, all that stuff you were saying was, was stuff I was thinking while I was watching mm. Nothing But Trouble. Yeah, it's like all of, he's good. He's good when he's with someone else. He's good. He yeah. He's got um, high imaginative concepts, but when it comes to the nitty gritty of it, I mean, like the intricate things when it comes to writing a script, you know, keeping dialogue 
brief hiding exposition, you know, within wit, um, mm. making sure the audience understands what's going on. I, that stuff he's not so good at. Mm. Like plotting a story, he's, I don't think he's very good at. But he no. can come up with these awesome concepts that really get your imagination rolling. Um, what's your, just before we jump on to probably one of the scariest movies I've ever seen, um, what's, what's something about Ghostbusters that you didn't really like that much? Um, you know, I don't really think that there's anything, um, that I, that I don't like that, that I could say, oh, you know, you can take that out of the movie. Oh no, I'll tell you what, that, that, that scene during the montage when Dan Aykroyd gets blowjob from the ghost. Yeah, what was with that? No, that get weird. rid of that. That's weird. I can't believe that they let him do that. It feels like it's from another movie. It's... You know, it feels like it's from Scary Movie Two. And don't <laughs> they all? And don't they all sleep in the same room? There's like three beds. Yeah, that's that's super weird. I yeah. don't like that. I don't. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> Take that out. And he goes cross-eyed. <laughs> I just imagine him insisting that that is in there. It's it's one of his ideas, do you think? Oh, for sure that was his idea. And he was like, we have to have that in there. And they're like, mm. do we really? Isn't this a bit crude? Mm. This mm. is stupid. Mm. I yeah, kind of already talked that. about it before, but I wish, um, I wish they put uh, Winston's character in earlier. I know that's not like me not liking something, but... I feel like if he was in it a bit earlier, mm. it would have legitimized his character a bit more and would have felt a little less... Um, what's the expression? Uh, you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's, if you know yeah. what I mean? Like, having that in the film. Yeah, because um, during the final scene, when all four of them are together, you do feel more of a connection to the other three because you've been with them for so long and... But Winston's good. Like, I like him. So, yeah, it's like it would be nice for him to show up earlier because it's more Winston because Winston's yeah, sick. Even in the end, like when they're crossing the streams, I swear to God, they show close-ups of their three faces and not his. Yeah. So, like, as a result, because he's not in it as much, it just feels like... Like, I want to know why he's in it. Um, I like him and I like everything that he contributes but I want to know what logic made them put him into the film there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and that kind of just feels a bit weird to me. Yeah. Um, it might yeah. have been, honestly, just for brevity's sake, that I could see them realistically putting him in earlier, but then they're like, well, we don't have anything for him to do. Otherwise, you know, th th then the script is getting too long because we're adding another character. But they really like the character. They like the idea of a guy applying for a job. And so they just like, okay, we've got to move him and put him in later. I'm not saying that's what's happened, but you know, I'm just theorizing like, uh, Ooh. you know, that could have, that could have made sense. That I just, sense. I just found something on IMDB trivia. Mm. The character of Winston was meant to have joined the team much earlier <laughs> and would have been slimmed, uh, slimed at the hotel. When Eddie Murphy declined the role, the script was rewritten to have Winston appear about halfway through the film. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Eddie Murphy turned down Ghostbusters. What an idiot. 
What Can you imagine the if fuck? he was in Ghostbusters? What the fuck? What oh he... my god, he must be still kicking himself. I, well, it might have been in like the, the height of his like arrogant period or something. Because I think, I think by 84, he was on a bit of a roll, wasn't he? Yeah, that's around Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, so I don't think I don't think his career took a hit from not doing Ghostbusters. But no, I think he's fine. Yeah, but, but imagine if he could have been in Ghostbusters. I I, I think it could have worked really well. I you think could have he, had Bill Murray and Eddie Murphy acting alongside each other. Has that ever happened? I don't think so. Not not that I can think of. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think that was a missed opportunity from um, from. Uh, Eddie Murphy. Actually, you know what? I'm looking at it. This movie came out before Beverly Hills Cop. Mm. So he wasn't even in. He he was in Trading Places. So he'd already worked with Dan Aykroyd. I'm just so confused. Like, why? I don't know. I, I, it was I, probably. I mean, before Ghostbusters came out, it probably did seem like a really weird thing to be a part of. Well, actually, you know what? Thinking about it, look at look at Winston's character. Now, unless he, unless it was radically changed, you could probably see maybe someone like Eddie Murphy being insulted just because, because the the way Winston is now, he's kind of, he is literally a third wheel. Mm. You know what I mean? Even Mm. though he's the fourth wheel, but if I say fourth wheel, then that implies that it's something that requires four wheels. He's the, yeah, he's the fifth wheel. I don't know. Yeah, he just sort of tacked on there, mm. and maybe Eddie Murphy was looking for a starring role. Mm. Or, actually, seeing as Beverly Hills Cop came out the year after, maybe there was conflicts. Who knows? The universe the universe uh, works in mysterious ways. I guess we'll never know. Mm. <laughs> anyway, should we uh, move on to the, uh, to the next film? Let's talk about it. So, uh, after Ghostbusters... Um, slowly but surely, you could see his writing ability kind of going downhill. And, um, it kind of hit the bottom of the barrel with a movie called Nothing But Trouble. Um, Here's what I think happened, Joe. Here's what I think happened. This guy comes out with Blues Brothers. Yeah. Huge, huge hit, right? Cultural phenomenon, let's say. Ghostbusters. Well, Ghostbusters is a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Right? He's got Spies Like Us. I've heard that that's okay. It made plenty of money. Yeah. Then some other shit. Oh, um, something he did with Tom Hanks. Dragnet, the, the cop, cop film. I haven't seen that one. Dragnet. I haven't seen it either. Apparently, that movie is a bit like, uh, you know, Starsky and Hutch and 21 Jump Street, where they kind of make fun of the material and pay homage to it at the same time. Okay. Might be worth so a watch. They did that first with Tom Hanks made money as, as well. Plenty of money. So then Ghostbusters two, and you can imagine the studio just being like, what do you got next for us? Golden goose and anything, anything you want. This guy prints money for us. Mm. And he's like, Oh, I got a good one. But it's going to cost a lot. It'll be a big, huge one. But this is going to be my biggest one yet. And they just... They gave him $40 million to make this. Because they just had so much so much faith in him to just 
do whatever he wants. You do realize that, uh, actually, before we get too far into it, could you give a, I, I wish you the best of luck, sir, but can you explain <laughs> what this movie is? Okay, so Chevy Chase plays a finance ad, financial advisor who's quite rich, and there's a, a lawyer played by Debbie Moore who he meets, um, and she asks him for a lift for some reason. I don't know why. Um, and he's like, yeah, I'll give you a lift because he's like looking to crack onto her. And so he's got to like drive her uh, pretty pretty far away to somewhere. I forget where she's going. It doesn't matter. Um there's a there's like Brazilian models in the car as well. Uh, that's it. They're in the movie a lot. They don't do anything. Yeah, they're it's just very confusing be, as to why they're in it at all. They're just there to be funny, I guess. Anyway, so on the drive, um, they go through this town called Vulcanvania, I think. And it's this town that has just been uh, torn to shit by... Um, Mining. Uh, bankruptcy. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, then he starts, he accidentally goes over the speed limit and this cop goes to pull him over. And then the Brazilian guy in the back is like, you can outrun him. And then Chevy Chase just goes, yeah, I guess I can. Let's do it. And then he gets in and then he tries to outrun the police car. Uh, I don't know why he does that. And then, um, to progress the, the plot, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the police car turns on nitrous, like, jets at the back and catches up to him. And there's a switch in the car that makes this, uh, fence appear so that he's got to, like, turn and go into, um, the judge's mansion or he can't get out of town or something. I don't know. That's the first time you see weird shit like that happen. Um, then he gets pulled over and he's like, you got to go see the judge. And then they go to this mansion that just looks like a mansion where a hoarder lives. And, um, they see the judge who is a 106 year old man. And he is played by Dan Aykroyd in hideous makeup. Um, and then just sort of like, a bunch of chaos ensues, like the Brazilian people that escape, but he keeps them there as guests. And then they, they're like eating gross shit and being weird. It's kind of like Texas chainsaw massacre. Uh, and then the Brazilian people escape cause they're like, you people are fucked up and crazy. And then they escape. And, um, and, and then, um, and then they try to Chevy chase and Demi Moore try to escape. And then Demi Moore meets these like gross twins who want to eat her or keep her as a pet. And then Chevy Chase saves her. Uh, and then they escape and the town blows up. Yeah, I, I feel like that's enough of a description. For the, that's for kind this. of it. That's kind of what happened, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah, I guess that's what happened. Um, so this is probably one of the most upset I've ever been from watching a film. Yeah. Everything about it upset me. This um, movie makes, like, I've seen it before. Yeah, and, why? How? Why? Um, I heard about it and it just sounded interesting because it just sounds like, you know what I mean? It's weird. It's really weird. This is such a strange movie. It's cooked. It's not weird. Yeah. It's cooked. Yeah. It's completely cooked. Yeah. Um, so I, I watched it uh, once before, I think like a couple of years ago. Um, 
and it made me sick then, and it made me sick now, um, because it's a terribly made film, uh, and also every bit of humor in it is just gross-out humor. And it's, it's, and it's not like funny. This sh- and not funny. It's not funny once. You know. I laughed. I laughed once. Yeah. What did you laugh at? When he's eating the gross hot dog, oh. <laughs> and he and he's like his hands shaking, and he's like got his lips pursed and he's bringing it to his mouth and then he like shoves it in his face and he's got shit all over that's his that face that's that weird shot where his his nose for some reason just becomes a penis that's a that's a second later mm. and then he's like come on y'all come get your dogs and i laughed i just <laughs> i don't know why it's just so sh- stupid so but from i laughed at that reading about this film i what i've gathered is it was him trying to make a spoof of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. That's kind of what I got from it. But I read the yeah, I read a lot about this one mm. to like the the making of like how they came up with the idea. Yeah, he oh, he, well, he also tried re- to get a director and no one wanted to do it. So the only reason yeah. he directed it is because no, it was it sucks. And, yeah, and um, you can tell he has no vision as a director and no business being a director, and then he didn't want to be the director. Well, what I what I heard is they had a lot of fun making the film because apparently he would take any idea and implement it, which is which is crazy, right? Like you've got to have you've got to you've got to draw a line and go, you know what? Maybe that isn't this film. Thank and, you. And this is where we come back to he's writing and how every other successful film that he was a writer on, he had a co-writer and director and someone else directing and, and some, yeah. And someone else directing, he wrote this by himself. Yeah. Um, and you know, and it's clear like the, the fact that he's even like incorporating shit on the set, he didn't have the, the person there to draw the line for him. He didn't him have and the like, balls. He didn't no, have the fucking can't. stones to be a director, you know? Um, no. and, and I'm assuming he's thinking that, you know, as long as it's kind of built around his performance as the weird kooky antagonist that it will fall mm. into place, but it doesn't. Um, no, I think he was like, what I, I think what we were supposed to be feeling as an audience was, um, something like Beetlejuice where you're constantly a little bit scared, freaked out and entertained and all this kooky shit is happening and that's meant to be entertaining, but it's not, it's really frustrating and it's boring. And anytime some new gas, like his whole house is built. uh, the, The mansion is built with all these like traps and, different contraptions in it like the floor falls out and they fall into a pit of of shit or like toys, toys. and yeah toys and stuff like the table uh he presses a switch and the table um f- folds in a weird way and and then a little train condiment train comes out see apparently all this shit was literally the production design the the crew coming mm. up with these stupid ideas and being like, oh, we've got money. Like, why don't we make a train set? Yeah. And it's, and he's just like, yeah, that sounds fun. And he doesn't know. And it shows in his writing. It definitely shows in his directing. He doesn't know how to provide context for anything. Why mm. is this relevant to the story you're trying to tell? And if your answer is, 
it, well, it's a comedy. It's just meant to be an absurd comedy. It's like Ghostbusters is a comedy and it's a funny one, but the, what they're trying to do in that film and the reason it works is they're trying to just tell the story. The yeah. jokes will happen naturally. This is just absurd, horrific nonsense just shoved in your face. And when it cuts to him and he's got a dick for a nose, I was like, fuck you. Yeah, why? Just like that you can't completely break the fabric of reality for a really terrible joke. You know, like Yeah, just what if he's what if he turns and looks and he's uh his nose is a dick for a second and then it's not again. Yeah, I don't it, that's not a, a that's full not penis. filmmaking. That's not filmmaking. That's something else. That's I don't know it's what like it is. It's like a 12-year-old's joke. It's like a it's like really like a a a very imaginative 12-year-old wrote this shit. Mm. Cuz none of it connects in any context either. I had no idea what the fuck was going on like barely and I don't think Chevy Chase or Demi Moore did either. No, no, no none of no no one in this had any idea what the fuck was going on. The, the the simple fact that this whole film is like based around a situation like like I don't buy from the beginning why they're even driving, you know? If you if you've if you can't even come up with a creative enough or reasonable enough reason for them to be traveling you know, mm. um, then clearly that that automatically just shows how much you care or yeah. they care when they're writing it. It's like, oh, how are we going to get them to this town? Oh, these two characters that have never met before are going to go on a road trip. Why are they going on a road trip? I don't know. Yeah, and that's exactly at that point where when they're writing the script, someone like Harold Ramis would be like, well, Dan, we need a reason for them to be going here. There's no reason why they didn't know each other before. They could be a married couple. I thought they were. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they don't know I, each other. They I, never met. Um, and, and it doesn't really play into it except for at the end. He gets the girl, I think, is kind of like... The payoff yeah. to that is that it's like it has that storyline where it's I like... I think he was supposed to be a bit of a Bill Murray-type character. Like he's, he's a bit, I think he's meant to be a bit sleazy at the start. You know how Bill Murray's interacting with Sigourney Weaver yeah. in Ghostbusters? He's, I think he's sort of being a bit like that. Yeah. Um, but he, like at some points it's like hard to hear the fucking dialogue even. Cause it's all just one shot when they're talking and they're setting up the, the car trip. Mm. It's just set on like this medium wide shot of them talking intimately and they're, they're dropping exposition that they're going on this car trip and he's going to give her a lift. And the reason he's going to give her a lift is just because he fancies her because she's, you know, because she's hot like Demi Moore. Um, and I don't know. I think maybe that was meant to be a bit funny, like the Bill Murray Sigourney Weaver thing, but there was no motivated camera work at all because well, I think this Dan Aykroyd's there. This movie's like 11 years older than Blues Brothers. And apart from the design, like the design's gross, but I think it's meant to be gross. You know what mm. I mean? Like if you look at the design elements, you're like, oh, of course money got spent on that, right? But the film is ugly. Like the film, nothing about it looks good. And that's compared, and that's, compared to a movie that like I think Blues Brothers looks timeless. I think that's a movie that ages 
that doesn't age, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cinematically, uh, you could show that to anyone through time and they'll like it. And visually, it, 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 it doesn't look gross, even though it's like, whatever, however old now, you know? This it's film very, was very disgusting to look at. Yeah, it's very noticeably bland. Yeah. We're in the bland office with Chevy, with bland-ass Chevy Chase, who I don't like. I, I like him in Caddyshack, that's it. Uh, bland Chevy Chase wearing a bland suit, and then they're driving in a car, and they're just driving on dirt roads, mm. and then you go to the mansion, and it's just dirty, and the whole thing looks beiged out. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Like, again, uh, would you, you'd have to admit that some of the design elements are pretty cool. Yeah, they're pretty cool, but a lot of that stuff is um cool concept. It's like yeah. a lot of the shit is like in like interesting in concept. Like, oh, okay, you could do something with that element, not just shove the element on if screen. If I if I pitch to you, would you be uh, and we can't look at um actually there is a movie, there are a couple of movies that are similar to this concept. But if I pitch to you, oh, it's kind of like a broad comedy version of Texas Chainsaw. You'd be like, that could be cool. Yeah, I'd say, isn't that Texas Chainsaw 2? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Texas Chainsaw 2. And I also think House of a Thousand Corpses is kind of that as well. The Rob Zombie Mm. movie. Um, But yeah, like, you know, you'd hear that. It could definitely be cool. Like, that's the thing about this movie. I don't hate the concept. I don't even hate the character of the judge. Like, a lot of this shit, I'm like, this could work. But you had Dan Aykroyd writing Solo... And I don't think he likes, like, really writing. I, I, I definitely think he sat down with the other, his other co-writers before, and they've done the the bulk of the intricacies mm. of, of of character development, of of exposition, uh, of 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 fucking plot pacing, totally. shit like that. And he does none of that stuff. He just has, like. Be, like beat points and concepts mm. and he doesn't know how to translate that to camera successfully because he's not a fucking director no he had no fucking business directing this and it honestly pissed me off that he knew that going into it that the only way he could get the movie made was if he directed it because no one else wanted to at that point can't you were supposed to look at your script and go Maybe this sucks. You, you, Everyone is saying no. They don't want to be any part of this. So maybe it's bad. Even maybe he, take even a second if, look. Even if he couldn't get... Because I think John Landis said it was crap and didn't want to do it. Like, they all mm. didn't want to do it. So, yeah, yeah if, if you had to... If you had to go and make the film, right? Wouldn't you maybe talk to those peers of yours? They're, they're his friends. They're his fucking friends. Maybe go, what can we do to make this work? How can we fix this? Even on a writing standpoint, not a directing standpoint. You know, unless they did do that and like he'd already signed a contract saying he was going to do it and like was just forced to. Like, it's the only thing I can think of because there's no way you'd let me make this film. Do you know what I mean? And that's another weird thing is, um, I can't, I don't know where it is now, but when I read that John Landis turned it down, the way I read it was that he didn't just turn it down. He said it was terrible. Mm. Um, which means he, like, what, did he ha- not have a fucking conversation with him? 
be like, oh, what, what sucks about it, John? Everything. Did he just go, oh, okay, guess you're wrong. This is great. Mm. I need to find someone who agrees with me. Couldn't find anyone. So just did it himself, but didn't want to. It just doesn't. It just doesn't make any sense. It's uh, the only thing I can think of is it's like his ego, like really took over, you know, and he thought, and like somehow convinced himself that the only thing that was any good or the only thing of any importance to those other films was him, you know. Which I don't know. Yeah. I, I I think the insecurity and in how how liberal he was with creative control with this film probably shows the opposite. So, yeah, um, it's it's all very confusing. This film seriously made me upset and sick. Like, it got to the point where the babies were introduced. Yeah. And I, w- I felt ill. Like, I felt physically ill watching the film because of how revolting it was. And it wasn't a good revolting. It was, a, it was like it was upsetting how much money was spent on something that was so shit, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like... You know, he has a whole shitload of toys to play with, but is playing wrong. Yeah. It's like, if you showed me um, just a picture of those two gross babies, and it's like, could you use this these things in a story? I'd be like, oh, yeah, cool. They they look interesting and gross. How do we... Yeah, let's make it work, but no, somehow yeah. he's... No, they're just, they're just there. They don't do anything. They just stand around and be gross and dumb physically disgusting have you ever have you ever watched someone play a video game wrong yeah (laughs) (laughs) and it's like and how uncomfortable does it make you feel when you just see someone not doing it right and you're like oh like aim and walk you could you don't need to do them independently you can use both joysticks you know like shit it, it, it reminds me of that like you're seeing it and you're like come on like just fucking just fucking do it right you know yeah, I don't think Dan Aykroyd gave a shit about directing any of the other actors, um, mm. which is why uh, Chevy Chase just reminded me of um, Bruce Willis in Die Hard 5. And Demi Moore, honestly, I felt so sorry for her. Well, I don't really like, like her she's anyway. clearly What else tr- is she in? Demi Moore. Yeah, like Ghost. I haven't seen Ghost. I, I, didn't, seen I, didn't, I thought she was terrible. I didn't think anything she did was good in that this film. No, that's why I, but I, I feel bad for her because she's clearly not getting any direction. Mm. She doesn't know what the fuck she's mm. doing. I, it's, it's, it's interesting to think, you know, you've heard of the, you've heard of the Chevy Chase's history of being an absolute cunt, right? Yeah. And, and it's, it's bizarre to hear that the reason he accepted this is because he wanted to work with his friend. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, because he's friends with Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, but, but, then, but then apparently when they get on set, he just started bullying him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because Chevy Chase got paid more than Dan Aykroyd, who plays two characters, wrote and directed the film. I But, like, why did he proceed to bully his friend? Like, who is this cunt? Like, Chevy Chase? Yeah. Like, what? I think he's a fucking cranky psycho. Like, he got, he got in over his head. And, like, way too early in, in his career. Like, he, he's Bruce Willis in, mm. uh, you know, in Die Hard 5 in 1991. Yeah. You know? He just, he just, he just chugs along. Resents being he, in anything. And says, ev- and delivers every single line in a very cynical, dry way. 
And I think part of it is that he doesn't know anything about his character mm. or his motivation. And another part is that he just doesn't want to be there. Mm. I mean, wouldn't you be pissed off if you're friends with Dan Aykroyd and he's like star in my film and it's like, oh, this is the script. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm directing too. And I'm playing the judge and I'm playing one of the fat, gross babies. Okay, fine. And then you're just like, you got $40 million to do this shit. You're just standing on this stupid set. And then Dan Aykroyd in his old man makeup is giving you crap directions. If my, you just be like, fuck off, cunt. If you were to make a film, right? It, when you make a film and you say, be in it. Um, and you're my friend. And the reason I'm doing it is because you're my friend. I'd probably put more energy into, into trying to make it better and trying to help you not chastise you for being a fuck up. Like, I don't (laughs) see how that helps at all. Maybe Chevy Chase thought he was, um, bigger than, I don't know how big he was then. He's like, I guess probably pretty huge. So he, he, he maybe even saw it more that he was doing him a favor. Maybe. I don't so know. So it's like, all right, fine, you can put my name on I'm your stupid sure movie. I'm pretty sure this is like on the on the downhill for him. Like, if, if honestly, like I'm trying, I'm looking at his stuff now, and I'm trying to see what's after this that's any good. Like the movie he did before this is Christmas Vacation, which mm-hmm. I like. You know, it's a good Christmas film. And after this, there's literally nothing until. Um, his fucking comeback, you know, like when he started playing really old fucks. You mean in, um, community? Community and hot tub time machine and shit like that. Right. So, oh, this killed his career. This, this, I don't know if it, (laughs) I I think it did. I think, cause you know, there's Caddyshack 2 before this and I don't, and you know, actually I think that was a bomb too, but. Christmas. Yeah. I know Christmas Vacation was a hit. That people still. That's a movie that's on Channel Seven every year on mm. Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, so this this killed his career. <laughs> <laughs> did it kill Dan Aykroyd's? Uh, yeah, well, a little bit. Well, it, he did. Co- he wrote Coneheads after this, oh, okay. which you know I. D- <laughs> and um and what do you call it? Blues Brothers two thousand. So like as okay, a as so, a, as yeah, a writer. Much. And director, most definitely, it killed his career. But I'm pretty sure he turns up in in small roles here or there still. Yeah, I think he he turns up quite often. You know, um, what he was in Pearl Harbor. What the fuck? Anyway, um, this this is probably I enjoyed Master of Disguise more than this film. Um, I didn't. I, I, I enjoyed this more than Master of Disguise. How? Because there's a lot more to process with like the, you know, because we've been talking about how did this film get made, mm. you know, and and that's that's an interesting thing to think about. With Master of Disguise, it's, it's just like, oh, because Austin Powers was a hit, so they hit up the other dude from... Wayne and Bill, what the fuck is that shit called? Wayne's World. Hit up the other guy from Wayne's World. And they're like, hey, can you do something like that? Maybe we can make money. And then, so they just threw that shit together and no one cared. Mm. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. I, I think I laughed more and like, I, 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 I could laugh. I could almost laugh at 
uh, Master of Disguise and like get enjoyment from it being like absolutely trash. Where mm. where you know not not to the level of like a good bad movie. It's still just mm. a bad bad movie. But this film was making me angry, like more yeah. angry than anything, just because. I knew you'd be so angry. Really. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was imagining you watching this like pouting with your arms and legs crossed. Do, do you know? Especially when the penis shows up, and you're just like, "Oh fuck off." Do Do you know who? Do you know who hated this more than me? My lady partner. She fucking. She was angry that I made her watch this. You, <laughs> you know? made her watch it. Oh, I didn't it. make it. Like uh, it's like she cooked dinner, and you know, you I put a movie on after dinner, and I, and I had to watch this one. And she was like glued to the TV and just angry the whole time. You know. <laughs> yeah, like it's very much like like every. It feels like every minute you're saying out loud, "What the fuck is this." <laughs> What the fuck am I watching? Yeah, and like, uh, which is kind of what I like about it. Oh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't watch this again. I, I want. Oh, what did you think? What did you think about uh, Tupac? Yeah, what the hell? What like? Where there's, where there's just a, like a hip hop. Oh, scene. that's probably my favorite scene. A full scene, and the judge starts playing the organ along with them, and the girls are dancing around. That's my favorite. It's part. really weird because it's. It, I don't even think that it's sneaking it in as a promotion for a band or something that's owned um, by the same company that owns the studio that makes the movie. Oh, yeah. Like because when Sony it, puts Sony record music in Sony movies, that sort of shit. Yeah, it feels like one of those But it's scenes. not. But it's not. It's a made-up band. Tupac doesn't really rap in it. He just sings backing vocals. Yeah. I don't know how big he was at that time I'd, but surely that's like around the time he's getting big yeah i guess so maybe he was just breaking through at this time but that's not a real band it's not a real song that they're trying to promote i'm pretty sure it's not anyway mm. so it's just someone said hey what if we have like a, a hip-hop band come in and the judge starts dancing with them mm. and he's like let's do it we got 40 million to blow and that scene just happens oh oh before but like before we wrap this up um what what did you think of the ending of this film oh it's great because it it again like i love little moments that you can describe and it captures the the the, the tone of the whole film mm. so at the end the after the town burns down and they escape, uh, Chevy Chase switches on the television and um, they're saying, uh, yeah, there's a news report. She's like, the whole town is completely fucked. Oh, here's a resident over here going through a pile of garbage. <laughs> Sir, what are you going to do now? And he's wrapped up in a blanket and then turns around and it's the judge. And he's like, we're all going to go stay with my banker friend. And then he holds up the ID. Uh, the ID. And he's got and the he penis says, nose again. And Did he's you got the, that? Yep. And he's got the penis nose back on. And he's like, I'm coming for you, banker. And then Chevy Chase disappears. And there's a sound of like a Looney Tune sound effect. And then there's a like a hole in the wall in the shape of a person jumping through it. It's from like, another film. It's like, it's in like a from a completely other film, you know? It's... That's the whole movie, like penis nose Dan Aykroyd being like, hello, banker, and then just cartoon humor. 
where he like you know it's it's that classic gag of somebody you know sprints away runs through a wall and you know bugs bunny leaves a bugs bunny shaped hole in the wall like fucking who framed roger rabbit you know yeah it's it's and it doesn't really have any other humor that goes that far in the cartoon direction there's Mm. some but for a film that's tonally all over the place, that spikes right there at the end. It's a sore you- thumb. And I think this whole film is just a series of sore thumbs, like things that just stick out and mm. don't make sense. Um, For me, you know, the, the, there's a part in the film where they get away. They literally get away. And, and I'm like, oh, like I started to get really comfortable. I started to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm like, this is good, you know, things are uh, coming to an end, you know, and the main characters go to a police station and then, you know, like, that. it's the end of the film. The film's over, you know, like, mm. they, they, they have escaped. They go back and then it's revealed and they, they go back with the, the army, like the fucking, the army's with them, you know, and, yeah. and, and they go and talk to the judge and yeah, be they like, go to arrest him. They go to arrest him and it's revealed that everyone is in on it and that they've yeah. just walked back into it. And I'm like, am I, th- like that's where I realized I was in a fucking nightmare just because I'm out of this situation. I'm out of this film and mm. we're just back at the junkyard. We're just back there. And like, I almost had an anxiety attack at that point. And I don't know if that was the point. Was I meant to be just terrified and upset? I think so, but not for the reasons you were. <laughs> It was, it was, it was honest to goodness, distressing just because you know, like, and you know, it's like you want a movie to be over and it, and it, and it clearly tells you it's over and then it's just not, but it doesn't even make sense because throughout it, I mean, from what I could gather, the judge is a guy who detests the world outside of the the little town that has been, uh, destroyed by big businesses coming in, draining them of all their resources, and then leaving them to be bankrupt and fend for themselves. And then to just find out at the end that he like knows everyone in the world or something. <laughs> oh, it's and that he's yeah, he's fr- he's like can't go anywhere in the world without meeting friends of mine. And they all start laughing like the army and the cops and shit, and they're like. So, wait, the judge is, like, some huge global mastermind? Yeah. So, was he lying about all that stuff? But then the ground explodes because of all the the resources being drained. And then he's left homeless. I'm like, what? So, was the judge mad about that stuff? Or what? I think, I think you can't ask these questions and have a good time watching this film. You can't have a good time watching this film full stop. It's just no. You can. I think you sort of can. It's. I. Some people do consider this a. Um, this isn't a cult film. Fuck off! It is. No, no, no. Some people do consider it a. Uh, you know, so bad it's good. Like B movie status and oh. that. It's worthy to, you know, sit down and watch. Uh, you know the the room and 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 uh, and and this shit. I don't really put it there. I do again like. It's more like that than Die Hard 5. And I can throw Die Hard 5 on with someone and be like, you want to watch this crap? I would um, watch this before I watch Die Hard 5. Again. 
Yeah. I didn't have any problems going in, like watching this again, because the first time I saw it, I did have a good time and I sat down and watched the whole thing because you don't know what's going to happen next. It's so absurd and ridiculous. And every new thing that comes up that makes you cringe and shout fuck you at the screen <laughs> is sort of a delight. Oh, I don't know. It just made it just made me physically ill. And I I can't name many movies. Like I don't think that was the intent, was it? Was it to make me physically ill because of how bad it was? Well, no, but it's meant to make you it's it is meant to be gross out humor. Yeah. And that shows that Dan Aykroyd has no wit either because all his uh, other movies uh, have a lot of wit in them. Um, and uh, with this, it's like, what do you get when it's just Dan Aykroyd writing a script? High concepts, uh, nonsense, and just gross-out humor. Like, oh, what if he's eating a turd at the table? Gross. And that's, that's just meant to be funny. It's like watching... A, 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 watching fucking um what are those things called the potty kids the garbage pail kids movie uh, i i don't know what you're talking about oh okay but it's like mad magazine humor yeah but like less clever than that if harold ramus ivan reitman or or um or what's his name who did i say harold ramus uh ivan reitman or john landis directed this do you think this film would have been good yeah, but I think it would be, like, hugely different. Mm. I, I don't think it could have even been good. I think it could have been passable. You know, I think like there's a, a concept there that 10. is interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just... I think if your main... I think at the core of it, if this is your main idea and, mm. and you're co-writing it with Dan Aykroyd, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, like, it's, a, it's a case where... The the core idea isn't good enough for me, you know. Yeah. I just I just want to watch. I'd just rather watch Texas Chainsaw Two. Or yeah, watch Beetlejuice, something like that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I think I think I, I've spent enough energy in my lifetime thinking about this movie and talking about this movie. Do you have any? Do you have any compliments you could give it? No, it's not that long. Yeah, I feel like that's your your go to answer. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, it's a, yeah, but it's only because like movies these days are so fucking long that when I watch one that's only an hour and a half, I'm like, oh, that was alright. Mm. That wasn't so bad. I watched Bad Boys Two the other day, and that really took it took a toll on me because yeah. that movie just doesn't end. No, I'm, two I'm, and a half I, hours. Unless you recommend it, I'm never watching Bad Boys Two. Like I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting ready for Bad Boys 3. Oh, fuck. I, I didn't even know that was coming. I thought that yeah. was one of those things that was always coming, but never will. Um, no. Only compliment is uh, some of the cross-dressing John Candy jokes made me laugh. Oh, um, really? Just, just like him picking up Demi Moore and about to throw her into hell like, kind of made me laugh a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, so for Ghostbusters, how many farts... Would you give Ghostbusters and how For many Ghostbusters? Yep. Oh, Ghostbusters, ten out of ten. Ten out of ten, classic. Ten farts out of ten. Yep. Okay. What about nothing but trouble? Mm, so this is a tough one because I can, I would recommend this movie. I think it's I think it's worth watching, but it's 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 shockingly bad. Uh, three three farts. Three farts. 
I'm giving I'm giving Ghostbusters eight farts, and I'm giving um, nothing but trouble half a fart. Yeah, it's it it's it. I don't know. I, I don't really want to be upset by watching a film unless it's trying to make me upset. Like if I'm watching Irreversible, a movie with a twenty minute rape scene, of course yeah. I'm going to be upset. You know, yeah. Um, but this isn't the kind of movie that I want to upset me. This is the kind of I want to watch a comedy. I want to laugh or something, not just feel yeah. feel sad. Just- yeah, this comedy kind of made you feel like you're watching fucking boy in striped pajamas or some shit. <laughs> yeah, like it would just just of how much of a train wreck it was. Mm. Um, Ghostbusters, I, I can't give nine or ten just simply because it's not. It's it's good. I get it, but it's not my kind of film. Not right. really my sense of humor. You know what I yeah. mean? See, Ghostbusters is super up my alley. I'd probably um, think Blues Brothers is the the opposite. I think we're probably a bit, yeah, switched on that. Yeah, I'd be like eight out of ten for Blues Brothers. Yeah, I yeah, I like the I like the yeah. I think I think Blues Brothers is better, but I, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna have that conversation today. Um, it's actually my turn to uh, to recommend something for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm 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 gonna take us in a bit of a different direction. We've ta- we've kind of been watching a bunch of tentpole stuff and stuff like that. Are you are you aware of a filmmaker called Harmony Corinne? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna we're we're gonna watch the best and worst Harmony Corinne films. Oh, that should be good. Yeah. I, the reason being is I've never seen one. Oh, really? I've never seen any Harmony Corinne films, and I know that for film snobs and film people, he's yeah. like a must. Like my ex, uh, you probably know the one, um, would fap over Harmony Corinne every day. You know, <laughs> Harmony Corinne was like their idol. So I, on cool. purpose, avoided watching them because of that, just to annoy them. And yeah. uh, now, now is time for me to finally watch them. Right. Yeah. Well, you you hate. Um pretentious tryhards so mm, well i don't I, I don't know it i i we'll see like i don't yeah, necessarily we'll see I, it i don't know how pretentious these will be all i know because i've already i've already kind of started doing a, a bit of math on this one just because i was i uh, had yeah. a bit of extra time and stuff and what i what i gather is always the yeah. audience and the critics have the opposite opinion so with harmony corinne so if the critics like something the audience don't and if the audience likes something the critics don't so it's going to be very interesting um to see which ones we watch today. yeah i'm looking forward to that yeah anyway uh thank you for listening sorry if we were inappropriate have a good one this is thank movie you. butts bye-bye <laughs>